Welcome to Ghost Stories with Franz and Pete. I'm your co-host, Franz. And I'm Pete. Let's talk about the internet. Welcome to Ghost Stories with Franz and Pete. I am your co-host, Pete. And about 1,300 miles away, sitting in a brand new apartment in Brooklyn, is Franz. Franz, what's happening? Hey, Pete, not much. Uh, just getting used to the apartment. I'm not sure how long I'll be here for, but hopefully it will be for the foreseeable future. But it does not look that way. But yeah, uh, it's, a, it's pretty cozy so far. So I've seen a lot of people like running away from the city and settling down in the suburbs. Are you seeing a lot of that by you? Yeah. Um, actually, it, funny enough, uh, the reason I'm in this apartment is because I can't get out of the apartment this month because I can't rent a U-Haul. They're all booked throughout Brooklyn um, for the re- remainder of the month. So if I want to move out, I'll have to wait until at least next month. Um, Interesting. But the rents are dropping like crazy here in New York City, um, and it's it's actually kind of exciting in that regard because now I can afford even a, you know somewhat nicer place but uh now you can get that soho loft for like six months <laughs> a month i think i'd still stick to brooklyn myself but uh <laughs> yeah uh, i have seen places even in like soho in the east village uh you know become a lot more af- affordable if that's really a, a word we want to use for new york city living but um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i think even just from the news that uh, at least last time i checked something like 500,000 people have already fled uh new york to the suburbs in connecticut and you know uh the, the tri-ber, uh, tri-state area. So there's a lot more available, um, but you know maybe rents will keep dropping given the state of the world. So yeah. who knows? Maybe I'll get lucky in the end. There you go. There you go. Yeah, down here in Florida, everybody's just, uh, well, doing whatever they want to do, apparently. But <laughs> we won't go into that. We'll keep, th- we'll keep this all positive. But um, yeah, so we've had a really great response so far. This has been really exciting. You know, Franz and I did this because we just like to talk to each other and we thought maybe y'all would like to listen to us. Um, and it looks that way. Things are going in an upward trajectory. So we say a hearty thank you very much for tuning in. Um, we are the, the, the addition to iTunes and Spotify, and we will soon be on Google Podcasts um, once they take a listen and give us the green check mark. So we're just anxiously waiting for that. So that should be actually by the end of the week. Um, so by August 1st, can you believe Saturday is August 1st? I feel like this entire year has gone by without even knowing that it happened. Uh, yeah, it's kind of insane how quickly this year has gone by and how drastically our jobs have changed accordingly. Um, oh, yeah. Because like we can't even do our trade shows or go in person to go see you know our yeah. user base. Uh, so we're trying to do that, I guess, through our podcast and you know just kind of be uh, a little bit creative that way. So yeah, it's yeah. been a weird year. Yeah, I was already supposed to have taken three trips up your way. We should have been running around New York City and having a good old time like we used to. Um, <laughs> so now we can't do that no. right yet. But soon enough, we will all be together having a good time again, I'm sure. But So we thought that it would be fun. So my job, as, as Franz says, you need, you know, our jobs change, but my, my, my sole responsibility is to keep the people of Ghostry happy. Um, I am the director of community and support and, and a couple other things that change on a daily basis. But uh, for the most part, we I'm responsible for the support team uh, who does, does an amazing job 
answering everybody's questions, but we thought we would dip into the FAQ bag of support because we get some interesting stuff, but we also get just common themes and we thought it might be an interesting topic to discuss from the average question all the way to the what are you talking about question because there we get a lot of just weird stuff um and sometimes you wonder if it's just google translate going a little nutsy on them um just because maybe there's you know there's a little bit of a translation issue because when we translate back sometimes they're like stop using Google Translate, you're saying the wrong things. And it's the best we can do sometimes, but uh, there's some, some, some silly stuff there. <laughs> so we're going to start a, um, a new recurring podcast theme of FAQ. Uh, so we thought we would start with a nice easy one, uh, just, you know, nice little softball lob right across, right across uh, second base for you here, Franz. So the purple box. Some yeah. reason people don't either you love it or you hate it. You know, it's kind of like the band Rush, of which what I figured out. You either love Rush or you hate Rush. <laughs> you either love the purple box or you hate the purple box. Yeah. But so we I'm entitling this question Purple Box, friend or foe? And part B, why and how? Well, is that the right way to say that? Why do I need it? And how do I turn it off if I don't? So why don't yeah. you start with, let's, let's start with the first part there. So the purple box, what, can you explain what the heck is the purple box? Yeah. So the purple box is something that will pop up in the bottom right hand corner of your browser. And it's By default, you can move that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's just tech, uh, typically where I keep mine. It's just like a really quick high level overview of the trackers that you're going to see on your page. So without clicking into the extension itself, you can go ahead and click down there and see which trackers are loading. And you can also see, uh, if you hover on it, uh, three icons that will appear for non-secure trackers, slow trackers, and broken page trackers. Uh, so depending on what you're doing, it can be really useful. So if you're, say you work in ad tech or an adjacent industry and you're really curious and need to see uh, what tags are doing what at a very quick glance, it's very useful and easy to see. Um, However, if you're somebody who is constantly going onto like Google Maps and you might want to look at Street View uh, and you haven't taken the liberty of moving your, your icon bar yet, that might be a little bit cumbersome for you because it's very close to the, that guy. Uh, so I think there's really a, a split between the user base and it depends on how you're using it. You know, if you're using it in more of a professional capacity, there's probably a lot more value for you. But if you're just using Ghostry as pretty much like a typical ad blocker, you know, once you download us and set it and forget it, I could see how you know you would be a little bit uh, annoyed by it, but there is a uh, light at the end of the tunnel, and you can disable that uh, you know if you if you do want to. Um, and all you have to do uh, to disable it is click into your settings on Ghostery, and then navigate to uh, the purple box. And you have a couple different options here. You can either have it always be persistent, which I personally do. You could have it um, just never show up by clicking into the settings that will disable it. Or you can even uh, have it uh, dismiss after a set amount of time. So three seconds, five seconds, up to 30 seconds. Uh, we have different intervals that you can select. Uh, and then as Pete was saying, you could also just change any corner that you want the uh, box to display in. You could have it top right, uh, top left, uh, bottom right, bottom left. So any of the four corners, uh, you, can, you can have this hide in. Um, you know, I, I personally enjoy having it there. Um, I think a lot of 
members on the team do too, but we also do use this on a, a more professional capacity than I would say our average user would. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think it's it's definitely it's part of the 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 ghostry theme of setting up your browsing habits the way that you want it there. So we always want to give you a choice. We we set certain things as default when we when when they're out of the box, so that way you can see it working and you can see the benefit and then as you kind of use it and you can tailor it to your own um specifications and and needs so definitely like you say like the purple box seems to be more of a professional tool that allows people that are using it in in a different landscape to kind of see what's happening quicker uh rather than it being anything else so we we do get a lot of people saying that you know it's frustrating it's annoying blah 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 um, totally get that. That's why you're able to turn it off. But again, it's there so you know what's happening. Ghostry has always been about about education and, and knowing what's happening. It's not that it's happening, but you should know that it's you should have a choice uh, to see see everything and block everything and do whatever you want. So again, that's kind of a way for us to alert you that, hey, this thing is happening and these are the companies that are there. Yeah, and you know if uh, you do... You know, find it annoying and just in its location, probably the bottom left hand corner of the screen, I find to be like the least intrusive if you do want to uh, have the bar but have it uh, be persistent. Um, that, or you could set it to, you know, the uh, 30 seconds or less uh, to disappear. Um, this way, you can at least still get the functionality uh, of the purple box without it being in your way. So, that's uh, just a little tip that uh, I found to be uh, useful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you, do, where do you keep yours? Uh, if you use it, I just keep it down at the bottom right. I'm so used to seeing it there that it, I I moved it a couple of times. Uh, like when I was, you know, years and years and years ago when I was the the QA guy, mm -hmm. um, I'd move it around and I'd forget <laughs> that I moved it during one of my use case like mm -hmm. testings or something like that. I'm like, what is that? Oh yeah, I moved it there. So I, I just always keep it in the default the default spot. Um, I do like the feature that if you um, you know, whitely, you can, you can basically not have it show up on sites that you've whitelisted. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, that's, that was a, a nice little, little change there. Cause you know, some people ask like, why would you ever whitelist a site? Again, tailoring your browsing experience to your own, mm -hmm. to your own likes and dislikes, you know, um, what yeah. was the one conversation I used to have with somebody that, you know, when he, when he goes to ESPN.com, you know, he, he wants that, that, uh, personalized experience, you know, like I don't have to fill in all this stuff, all the teams I like again, like I show up again, cookie fires, knows it's me, shows me all the stuff I like. Um, but then I go to HuffingtonPost.com and start reading stuff. That's when I want to start all the blocking to start again. So, you know, different, yeah. different scenarios um, and, and different settings. So that's, that's cool. And so this isn't all going to be about ghost resettings. We just thought we would start with a nice, a nice easy one, but that's, that question right there, I, I can't even begin to count how many support requests and emails and Twitter conversations, Facebook messages, whatever, you know, we get that constantly. So um, you're not alone if you if you're if you're curious about that. But that's a little little background about the purple box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um Actually, you just mentioned, you know, how some people would uh, either uh, make use of the allow or block list uh, to let cookies fire on pages like uh, ESPN. And I know um, a lot of even just my family and friends who use uh, our product, 
um, will um, allow all cookies and everything to fire on websites uh, like Twitch.tv, so that they can, you know, support uh, their favorite streamer by letting the ad revenue play, or um, even uh, some something on um, YouTube where, uh, you know, um, they just want to support the content creator. Um, but uh, some people have had some issues where they're like, I'm not um, blocking ads on YouTube, and 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 why not? Um, and honestly, uh, it might be because you had allowed it to uh, fire uh, without your, your um, you know, it might have been a setting that you had enabled and you might have added it to your allow list. Um, by default, uh, if you don't want to see any of these ads uh, pop up or anything like that, uh, what you can do is just make sure that in your settings page again, and again, not this isn't a whole settings uh, conversation, <laughs> but you do want to make sure that you have uh, your enhanced anti-tracking and enhanced ad blocking on. Um, and then what I would also do is make sure that if you go over to the detailed view, go to your trackers and make sure that uh, everything is blocked. So block all trackers. And that should help you get um, you know, rid of almost all YouTube ads. Uh, for me and myself, I don't see any with those settings uh, being used. Uh, do you see anything um, or do you have any tips for people uh, getting uh, YouTube ads, uh, ads uh, persisting on their browser despite having Ghost reinstalled? No, I, I you you pretty much hit it there. It the the interesting thing about that, and actually that'll lead into a nice next question here. But um, uh, YouTube ads are served through YouTube. You know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the terms first party and third party because that's another uh, hot topic for people that just kind of they like Ghostery, but they don't really understand how some of it works, which is totally fair because it's. It's not an easy concept if you're not familiar and talk about this stuff every day. But um, but they're constantly, and so Google owns YouTube, um, and a, an ad that is served through YouTube, most many times, the ones that do sneak by tend to be first party, that they're serving it themselves. And we don't typically block first party, first party ads unless you have, again, those settings marked in your, um, in your uh, ghostry settings menu selected to block first party or what is it called it's a block trackers by website or from website owners something something along those lines you can look in the settings there for that um but it's hard to keep up with them because they're being very very creative and they they serve new scripts all the time um so it's it's you know part of the ghostry back end is that we have this library where we actually get all these scripts and it's it's a matching database that we run through and the addition of the anti-tracking uh module that was added after clicks brought us over um scans and detects and finds scripts that look like they could be tracking scripts and that is been that has been a huge help for the thoroughness of the blocking of ghostry because not only do we match against our database, which is the largest one out there, but also we can detect scripts that look like they could be blocking stuff, and then we just jarble the the output and just it just blocks it or it just throws back gunk into the servers. So the people that are trying to collect data from you aren't getting anything, and we actually throw those into this category called the unknown category, and people are always asking like, what is it? And it's like, well, it's stuff that we don't know what it actually is, but we're going to count it for you. So you actually know that it's <laughs> happening. It's a little, it's a little 
it's it's still difficult to be thorough in that category because a you don't want to slow down the extension because so all the stuff that we add to the extension anytime we add a new feature it has the potential to slow it down and we don't want to do that uh so we we have this category in there we're still working on trying to make it you know make a little bit more sense and be a little bit more intuitive but for now the unknown category are all the trackers that the anti-tracking and the enhanced ad blocking those are the scripts that we catch there because uh, we still want to give you a relevant count of all the junk that's on the page, but we just don't know what it is yet. Um, those scripts, though, are sent back, and we are adding those to our database after the fact. So we do have people that go behind behind that process and identify those and then throw them into the database. That way we can give a name to the face, uh, so to speak, so we can be be that much more specific and thorough as far as the what we're putting into the panel. So that's that's that kind of category. I like to call it the WTF category because <laughs> no, no, we don't know what it is, but it's it blocks something and and, and that's good. Um, but it's a little it's a little squirrely right now. So we're we're still trying to figure out the best way to do that. But um, I'm yeah, sure but I'm sure I, we'll think of something. Yeah, I believe though uh, after we do identify the tracker and its function, uh, I think we do. Uh, releases about every two weeks to update our tracker uh, database. And so, uh, you know, we do regularly update it once we do figure out um, exactly what it is they're doing. And if you're familiar with our, you know, uh, extension, we color code uh, different trackers to fit into different categories, if that's like advertising, analytics, or, you know, like user communication, uh, things of that nature. We, we do categorize everything. The WTF is its own category <laughs> until it gets added into the one of these predefined categories. <laughs> so you're a product manager. I'd like to throw that name into the ring for, <laughs> for the next Ghostry release, the WTF category. So I, uh, it's approved by me. I'll, I'll have to run it by the uh, the rest of the team. Hopefully Ship it. <laughs> That's what we say in the music industry. Ship it. <laughs> I like so. it. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about, um, so we, we touched a little bit on that. Um, so we already kind of talked about that ads on YouTube. That's, that's a, again, another, another one that we get a lot, but the, the designation of a first party tracker and a third party tracker, um, that again, for those of us who talk about this nonstop all day, every day, that's, that's a common concept but could you talk a little bit about what a first party tracker is and what a third party tracker is and um, I guess we could also talk about the term piggybacking we could throw that in there because that's yeah. seems to be a more common theme or excuse me more common term than than we may think yeah uh, so the easiest way uh, I think to think about this is uh, a first party cookie or at least according to the uh, GDPR which is a uh, European uh, Union mandate um, that helps protect the privacy of their citizens. Um, basically, a first-party cookie would be anything that is deployed on a website that is critical to its functionality. Um, so that's really like uh, a lot of websites will claim that something like an analytics tag is going to be a first-party uh, cookie. So that this way they can see, you know, uh, how long the users are spending on their websites, where they're going, yada yada yada, collecting pretty much crucial data. But hopefully, it's anonymized. Um, and then third party is anything that is uh, meant to supplement that experience, but is not necessarily uh, needed to uh, execute on the website in order for their business to be done. So that could be anything like a social widget. So if you are seeing, you know, like the Facebook, Twitter, or uh, Instagram widgets underneath a 
article that says like share this and everything that's not really needed for their website to run but it is to uh you know it's there to enhance their website experience make it a little bit more personalized and make make it a little bit more intuitive for you to interact with those kind of uh functionalities um, that also includes like stuff like the soundcloud widgets like anytime any of those things are embedded there some video widget uh, we use the term widget just because that's that's an industry standard, but it's a thing. <laughs> it's a script that's with that's um, that's loaded as the pages, the pages rendering, and um, like any of the discussion tabs. Like there's one called discuss. That's that's a biggie um, at the bottom of some of your your favorite uh, blog posts. You'll have a little area where you can log in and discuss what you just read. Um, those are all third party applications that are added in and what's actually really interesting and something that that i didn't realize so much a lot of the website owners don't even know that there's not that there's not third-party tracking but not the extent of which so like a good example would be you know website a has a deal with you know this one company and they have their share widget on your site by having that share widget on their site you also don't know that they're also going to bring in a couple of other companies with them because they've got deals with them. And so the company owner A that has website doesn't know that, oh, all of a sudden by allowing in this one share widget, I'm also going to bring in these 25 other scripts that could be slowing down my site. And so this issue of site inventory of, of scripts running on their pages, they just don't even know that's happening. And I actually did like just a real JV version of a site scan at one of the conventions that we were at. You know, was, I don't even remember where it was, um, but he's just like, well, let me look at my website. So we put in his website. He had 83 trackers on his uh, 83 separate companies on his website. He knew of two of them. And as we were standing there, he would took out his phone and started calling his webmaster be like, what the heck's going You know, like, and then just like kind of like walked off in a huff and just was like yelling at this guy. I was like, Oh, that's, that's a good use case. I should have had <laughs> more people around me here to see that. But that happens more and more and more, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's why we built the Insights product. Yeah. Um, was, that was the, that's the like shining use case right there is, is websites that don't know what's happening on their site. And, and then obviously a slow website makes people sad and go somewhere else and buy other stuff. So how do you keep your, your site hygiene up and you, you, you do scans like this and kind of see what's going on, but also understanding the relationship between all the other um, third-party companies that you're dealing with and having scripts on your site. So that's a long way of saying know what's on your site. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it, it does help and it can keep your sites you know faster. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, to basically summarize what Pete just said, like piggybacking is anytime that a, uh, an unknown third party is being brought in through another third party uh, on your website. So again, that's say you're using that social widget that already is saying, share out to Facebook, blah, 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 or whatever other social media website it is. You know, they hold contracts with other websites that are then going to bring in, uh, you know, unknown vendors onto your website, as long as they are all holding paperwork together. Ideally, uh, that yeah. that's kind of what a piggyback should be. Um, and, you know, there's a lot more nuance to the whole ecosystem than we're giving credit to right now, um, but that that's a very high-level overview. Uh, and it is something to be uh, weary of because, you know, you don't, like Pete said, you don't want people leaving your website for reasons that you really uh, had no insight to yourself. 
uh, until you actually did the scan. So it is, uh, you know, we do regularly uh, check our websites, uh, even though we're very strict on what actually goes onto our website. Uh, we recommend that you guys, uh, and all of our listeners, do the same if you have your own uh, web ecosystem that you uh, maintain. Um, and then for those of you who are just using it to go uh, click around and explore, if you want to see kind of like examples of this, uh, just you can disable the uh, Ghostery extension for a little bit and just see all the calls being made to a specific web page. So if that's like your favorite news outlet or anything, uh, you know, those tend to be very heavy in social tracking. Um, feel free to go explore, uh, do your own due diligence and see uh, what kind of uh, piques your interest. And if you have any examples uh, that stand out, feel free to let us know, and maybe we'll take a look into it next time. So that's a good spot. Well, uh, we'll take a quick break, get some, get, some, uh, get some water, and we will be right back to talk about a few other subjects and then a, just a couple of things that came in through support that are just crazy, silly, funny uh, <laughs> that we just wanted to share. Um, and so with that, we'll be back shortly. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Wanted to take a quick break here and let you know that we just launched a revamped version of our mobile Ghostry Privacy Browser. It offers a private, fast tracker and ad-free mobile browsing experience, equipped with the comprehensive features and enhanced user privacy for mobile browsing. It integrates the powerful ad blocking and tracker protection of the Ghostry 8 control panel, which improve browser functionalities. You can get it from your app store or ghostry.com. If you're already using it, we'd love an upload on Product Hunt. And now, back to the chat. And welcome back uh, from your short little break here uh, to Ghost Stories with uh, Franz and Pete. Um, so to can you continue on with our FIQ episode, um, you know, some of our user base is uh, very knowledgeable and very weary of, uh, I would like to say, like Big Brother and, you know, just the government peeping in uh, onto their, their browser habits and everything. So some questions, and we do get this one quite a bit, uh, is... Uh, one of the main ones is does Ghostery block the NSA? And uh, what do you what do you have on that one? Because I can't personally say. Yeah, I mean, this is an opinion piece right here, <laughs> so this is not <laughs> going to be any sort of official stance. But we we chat about this one quite a bit, and um, this is it's. I'm going to say this again. This is just my opinion. So if Big Brother is listening, hey guy how's it going how's it going yeah. <laughs> nice to see you please leave me alone um so does using ghostry block the nsa so my opinion here is first off if the nsa wants your information they probably already have it <laughs> so so very that's, good point that's yeah. issue number one the way that ghostry comes into it and again just my opinion if you are using ghostry and you are blocking data, that means that certain companies are not getting information about you through those scripts that are on the pages. If some sort of Big Brother-esque entity uh, subpoenaed all their data or got a warrant for every piece of information that they've ever collected through the internet, they won't have your information because you've blocked their scripts from collecting your data. So in a weird kind of way, it would be blocking them from collecting your data only through, again, a third-party avenue. So if the, if the NSA or Big Brother came to your house and said, 
give me your router and your hard drive. That's a lot different saying that Ghostry is blocking stuff. That, I would say, is a false statement. Mm -hmm. But, again, it's just the concept of other companies collecting and storing your data if those companies ever had to give that information out for any sort of reason to some sort of government entity, they wouldn't have any of your data because you've already blocked it using Ghostry. So that's yeah. that's my opinion. And in some some folks within Ghostry have talked about that, and I've had that conversation at other kind of... Um, I talked with a couple people at the DEF CON convention out in Las Vegas, and we actually talked about this quite a bit, and we all kind of agreed that that's probably the safest explanation to that question um, because again, if they're not if you're if they're not getting your information, they can't give your information. So that's true. So the only way that that can happen is if they're collecting your data. But again, if you're blocking, they don't get it. They can't give it. That's that's the way around that one. That's my yeah, answer I, to the question of does this ghost tree block the NSA? The answer uh, is kinda question mark. <laughs> You know, it makes sense. And I actually think it leads uh, pretty well into uh, uh, one of our other questions we get quite a bit is just like, what is a VPN? Right. Um, and we actually have our own VPN. So to kind of kickstart that conversation, um, like what is a VPN? A, a VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. And basically what this does is it masks your IP or disguises it by making your IP address look like a IP address coming from somewhere else in the world. So if you're in New York like me, I and I'm using uh, our VPN, which is the Midnight uh, VPN, uh, you know, you could connect to, say, like Los Angeles uh, and have my IP be routed through there. So it looks like I'm now browsing from LA versus New York City. Uh, why is this useful? Uh, it's useful because now, you know, um, my browsing habits are tied to a location that are not exactly where I'm sat and being used. So my anonymity, anonymity, mm-hmm. and none, I can never mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. that word, <laughs> uh, is, you know, a, a, even more so uh, than it would be if I was just sitting here in, in New York City using my normal IP because that can be traced right back to me. Um, it's also useful for neat little things like content blocking in different regions. So say you're a German user who's really been wanting to watch uh, Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix, but you can't because you're in Germany and it's gated for the U.S. only. Well, if you use a VPN and it looks like you're coming through the United States, then you should now have access to uh, to that show or the content that you want. Um, that being said, you know, uh, Websites are getting a bit more savvy with the way that they handle IP addresses, but there are still uh, ways ways around it. Um, But that's not the main use case. They're um, still tracking, though, right? They're still tracking. They are. They're still tracking. There's still the concept of regular ad tracking, even though you're using Mm -hmm. a VPN. They don't necessarily have your geolocation or anything like that, but they're still collecting data on you. So using the the midnight feature of content blocking and VPN, that's a nice little recipe for 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 a safe browsing experience. Yeah. Uh, And that's, I think, probably if if you were really worried about just any information or, or, you know, beating the NSA at their own game, as we were just talking about, I think using a VPN in conjunction with Ghostry and other ad blocking tools, if you have more, you know, uh, is definitely the safest route to go. Um, there's a lot of value to be had from keeping uh, all of your browsing habits uh, to yourself. Um, unless you really like this super personalized experience, I myself uh, just like to block everything, and then I find if I need to ever search for anything, I 
I just do my own due diligence. It's easy enough to use a, a Google search term to find what you're looking for these days. So mm -hmm. in my personal opinion, you know, there's no real reason to not be blocking everything or be using a VPN, but, uh, you know, to each their own. And I understand everybody has their own uh, levels of comfort when browsing the Internet. I like to be, uh, you know, um, as personal uh, or depersonalized, <laughs> I should say, as possible. Okay. Um, but I'd like to keep my browsing uh, very close to the vest. Um, not that I'm doing anything nefarious, but... <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it messes things up on the page a little bit, you know, like we were talking about before, like those first-party, third-party stuff. That's, you know, mm -hmm. if you're blocking everything, sometimes people run into little issues, little hiccups with certain things on the page not working. Plus, that's just a great way for us to know what we mm -hmm. need to work on to help make those pages work. Um, we actually inject these things called surrogate scripts where if there's a if the webmaster has built in a dependency on a third party track uh tracking script or something like that which a, is not the greatest uh way to do that but if you had to do that uh people can people actually send us websites and we can see like if the css is broken on the page that obviously means that this one script needs to run so we we run a surrogate script and so what that is is that we see it running, but we we allow we allow that script to run, but we jarble all the data, so there's no data collection and no anything. We basically trick the script into thinking that it ran, so that's actually um, so that the page functionality is there. Uh, that kind of goes into it. That'll be a good topic of conversation for the next FAQ. Uh, but um, but that that that's certain. Those are ways that we get around broken pages that we work on. We'll take a note. We'll take a note. That's a broken page talk. Was was that what happened with um like Twitch about a year and a half yep. ago? A year ago? Yeah, yeah. They had we had some some dependency on there, and we had to add a surrogate script so that the page would render. Like for some reason, just but it's just because it's depending on this third party script to run, and that's just not the best way to do it. Which is surprising that 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 happened there, but it happens. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Yeah, I mean the you know internet is a complex ecosystem, yeah. so you know. It's kind of like a, it's probably not the best analogy, or, or uh, but it's like, you know, like a running car. Like you need everything to be working properly. Funny enough, my car is now in the shop because <laughs> I tried to jump it and now the uh, ignition won't turn. So I jumped it incorrectly. So I'm not a mechanic by any means, uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, once one thing goes, you know, everything else downline can, can be affected. So I won't even bring uh, up my car, my car, uh, trying to fix my car stories i'm i'm not <laughs> i am not i am not uh automotively inclined I, I like to drive them i can put gas in them i can change windshield wiper fluid um every once in a while a bulb but that's but other than that it is it is a black box yeah. to me so yeah same here i think the like uh the biggest repair i ever did was putting on new bumpers uh when i was actually driving back from colorado uh right before my Big drive back from Colorado to New York. I was in a parking lot of McDonald's, came back outside, and my bumper was gone. Um, so I drove back from Colorado to New York without a bumper. Uh, once I got back, I ordered a new one and learned how to place it on. Funny enough, it's kind of like Legos. You just kind of push it in. But yeah. Um, what's, our last, so, what's our last topic here before we get to the, to the sillies? Uh, the last thing is, um, how do I stop getting pop-ups from you? So if you do see a pop-up in the... Uh, top right corner of your screen uh, from Ghostery. It's just us uh, trying to convey a message to you about what we have going on. Um, recently, we did use that to uh, push out a message to our users to listen to our uh, podcast. And if you wanted to go ahead to, uh, you know, it linked you right to it. 
But there's also a way to disable these messages. So if you don't want to see anything from us and you just want a clear uh, you know, browsing experience with no interruptions, there is a setting or settings uh, that you can enable to uh, stop that from happening. Yeah, you just go right into, right into you click on Ghosty himself, click on the three little dots on the top right, and then there's a notifications section, and you just uncheck. Uh, there's, there's like three or four options uh, that are directly related to the, the consumer messaging platform that we call it. Uh, it's a CMP, but it's just a way that we, it's a way that we can talk to you guys uh, and um, get you some information. And uh, we get that a lot of times people just don't want those. Uh, they, we get, I installed Ghostry so I don't get pop-ups. And we get it. So like I said, we have a way to turn it off if you don't want to see that. So feel free to do that. And uh, we'll try and chat with you some other way or not at all. And that kind of segues into the demographic of folks, the, the tinfoil hat. <laughs> um, and I use that term with all the love in my heart. Because uh, it's a strong, strong demographic within the ghostry community, um, but <laughs> I reached out to our support team and I said, "Can you just find some stuff that just kind of you read it and you were like, what? What's going on here?'" And so we have um, three. Not really. I can't even call these questions. <laughs> I'm just going to call these statements. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't even make sense of it. <laughs> yeah, no, and there's there's probably some translation issue here, but um, and I'm going to uh, there are some um, expletives in here, but in order to keep this family this podcast family friendly, um, I'm just gonna say redacted uh, during those times here. Um, there's probably a little again little translation stuff here, but so here's the first one: two developer trackers stealing information, documents, installed technologies on my body like GPS. On my body geolocation, on my back, on my head, my car, etc. I how would you how would you respond to that and support? I honestly don't know. So shout out to Sloan for being able to to handle all these. Um, and we respond to every single thing we get. So me personally, I would say, hey buddy. Um, I'm sorry that you feel that there's something crazy going on. You may want to reach out to the manufacturer of your, um, your GPS and see if you can get some information about that. And I wish you much luck because I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> but again, so like Ghostry can't help with that kind of stuff, which, you know, some people think that you can, mm -hmm. um, but Ghostry doesn't run on gps yeah the uh, internet of uh, things is manufacturers yeah the internet of th exactly it, it's not a it's not a continuous loop yet not yet uh, so <laughs> until that's there your fridge can still steal all your information uh, <laughs> yeah and, so be careful and, what and you put into the fridge exactly <laughs> watch your fridge people all right the second one here this is the one where i'm gonna have a redacted term so and i'm assuming that's simone no, that's someone. There we go. Okay. Mm. Someone has been using my email address, erased my pictures, trying to collect card info. I want them to redacted, stop, or I'm going to the police. So can you help take them off my email accounts? So that sounds silly, but actually this is a very common theme that people want Ghostry to block stuff that comes in through their email or if there's any sort of like 
mischievous goings on that they need to involve the authorities. Uh, so Ghostry doesn't read your emails. Ghostry doesn't say, doesn't block email content. Ghostry can help block trackers that your email client might be using elsewhere. Um, but we can't do anything like that. So if, if, if you guys ever feel like you're in like serious harm's way, uh, please call your, your local authorities and don't call Ghostry because we can't help you with that. Um, but I, I've actually answered numerous emails like this saying, if you feel unsafe or you feel like somebody's trying to get at you like this, please call the authorities. Ghostry is just an internet application that helps block trackers. It's not going to actually save you from somebody who's trying to be mischievous in that way. Um, so oh. that, that, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that was a common theme amongst our, our support. Yeah. No, I, I, I've, seen that, I've seen that one quite a bit. Um, and then this was actually just a nice one, um, but it's very, very uh, enthusiastic. I'm going to use the term enthusiastic. So there's a lot of exclamation points mm -hmm. and there's a lot of capitals. So I just want to congratulate you for your great work. It's an amazing extension and very useful. Block everything. <laughs> we want a free net. No more Google and FBI and NSA tracking and surveillance us. Um, so that's nice to hear. Yeah. That people, people are happy with what we do. It's always nice um, to get the positive. And there's message. a lot of people that aren't happy with the <laughs> stuff that we do. It is, it is a yin and yang scenario over at the, Ghost Tree, at the Ghost Tree HQ. So we take the good and we take the bad. And there you have the facts of life. We, we <laughs> add it all together. Um, and we, we, we try to make the products better every time we get some sort of feedback from you. So yeah, please we, keep the feedback coming. We really appreciate it. It keeps our support team <laughs> yeah. busy, um, but in a good way. It's, we, in a, it's a good way. We really do take it to heart. Uh, and we, we you know track it on um, all platforms. If that's coming in through our email support channels uh, or even on social, we try to be very top of mind and respond to our users, both good and bad solutions. We do like to hear uh, from you. So please, yeah, as Pete said, just keep that feedback coming. And actually, on yeah, the note of feedback, we've got our first bit of feedback um, from uh, a friend of ours north of the border in Canada. And for the sake of his own we're just going to call him Skywalker. Um, yeah. And uh, so thank you, Skywalker, for the suggestions to the show. Um, you know, uh, we did hear your feedback, and we're going to be uh, employing those in some future episodes. So we really appreciate the feedback. So if anybody else has feedback, uh, please feel free to contact us again at Franz or Pete at ghostry.com, and that's F-R-A-N-Z at ghostry.com. Pete is, as you would spell Pete, <laughs> at ghostry.com. And we will, you know, uh, get back to you as soon as we can. And again, thank you, Skywalker, for the feedback. It was, uh, those were some great suggestions. Yeah, we're going to send them out a little ghosty swag pack, and we have now Ghost Stories with Franz and Pete stickers. Um, so we're going we're gonna to send a couple of his way there. And if you would like to have a Ghost Stories with Franz and Pete sticker to put on the front of your laptop, car, surfboard, wherever you put stickers, um, if you could go ahead and give our, um, our anchor site a little share on social, um, hashtag ghostry or whatever, uh, we will send you out some stuff too. So, um, you know, give us a share. We really appreciate the word of mouth. That's how ghostry started. 
and that's how everything great happens. So we uh, we we used that messaging platform last week uh, that we just talked about, and uh, our subscriptions and listens uh, tripled almost overnight. So we we hope you're enjoying it. Definitely help us out with some some reviews. Hopefully they're nice, and um, you know. I guess the the more stars the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but positive feedback, constructive feedback, it's all welcomed. Um, but we'd love to send you out some some stickers and stuff like that. So give us a share hashtag Ghostery, and um, and we'll, we'll we'll pick it up and uh, we'll reach out to you and see if we can't get you some stuff. Uh, but I think that's a good uh, good way to wrap this whole shebang up. So yeah. um, y'all stay safe out there. This has been a weird summer. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Franz, as always, good chat. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I like I like our our FAQs. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this again. Yeah, I liked it too, and yeah, it was a, a good time talking to you and uh, to everybody who's new to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. For those who have been with us since episode one, I, you know, uh, this is only episode five, but thanks for listening, and you know, we're looking forward to continuing this and having you guys tune in. So, till next time. Yes, till next time. Yeah.